0: You and and to help you know who we are a little bit at The Rock. So, if you're new here, uh, first of all, my name is Claire, as I said, and we are a church that wants to help people find what matters. By connecting them to Jesus and others. So, so thankful that you are here joining us. I hope you've had a great time so far. Maybe you stopped by the New Here tent. Uh, maybe you stopped by the Connect wall as you walked in. Um, or maybe you just simply went to the coffee bar and maybe got yourself a hot chocolate or a coffee. And, you know, what's really cool about the coffee bar right now, and this is good information for everybody to hear, we have a full bar open now. Phrasing. Phrasing. We have a full coffee bar open now.
1: Yes, I mean, it's happy hour, but it's not that kind of happy hour. No, it's not that kind of happy hour.
0: It's <laughs> not that kind of happy hour at The Rock. It is happy hour, but not that kind of happy hour. So. We have a full coffee bar menu available down here each and every single weekend now. So you can come in, you can hang out. And what we are trying to do is we are trying to create unity with our staff because we've had a team up there at the coffee bar hanging out and serving people. But we didn't like the separation. We like to be real close to each other. So we said, hey, come on down. Let's bring some good unity. And with that, with you being able to buy drinks and pastries and all sorts of things like that, um, there's a nice little area where you can build some community. So really, really excited about our, car, our coffee bar that we have down here. And one of the cool things about our coffee bar is that throughout the years between um, our finances and the ministry done through C3, we have been able to give $615,000 to local and global missions. Isn't that cool? I mean, that is a very, very cool thing. And one of my favorite parts about that is, you know, when we give, uh, whether that's, through buying drinks or giving to the rock, uh, to the Lord through the rock, we are making a difference. And that is people that you will never even meet, but it changes their lives. It helps them, and you get to be a part of that. So I'm going to encourage you, uh, if you call the rock home, give and give faithfully because it really, truly does help people from all over the country, all over the world, all over our local community, find what matters. So that's one way to get connected. I wanna talk about another way to get connected that really does make a difference in people's lives as well, and that is pathway. Pathway is a small group experience that we have for people to, Find what matters and to help other people find what matters and there's it's a video curriculum with great small groups centered around it we have a great leader with it and i'm gonna encourage you if you're going man i want to get connected to the rock i want to find some people to do life with i want to find some more out about god or uh, maybe you've been coming for a real long time and you're just like man like i haven't really taken that next step of engagement i want you to check out pathway and there's a lot of reasons i could tell you why but i would rather show you a video of someone who has actually gone through pathway already so go ahead and check this out when you
1: don't feel like you have a community con- to connect to, or you don't have that godly counsel, I feel like you're really lacking, at least we were or mm-hmm. I was. It opens up a discussion every week for eight weeks. Just it felt like home.
0: Definitely for everyone.
1: Everybody had a story about being lost.
0: It was kind of like a cultivating moment. It
1: just helped me grow and my husband grow in our relationship with Jesus and build relationships that maybe you've wanted to build before. You're going to get more out of it than you think you will. I'm just so glad we've done it. and. I I would recommend it to everyone I meet. Yeah, well, hello, Rock Church. How's everybody doing today? Man, it is so good to see you. Right here at our Conway location, uh, but this is a day uh, because we're starting a new series and a new year that I actually get to welcome every one of our campuses. So I want to say hello to South Strand, to Aner, to Jay Rubin, to Online, and obviously to Coastal. So really glad that everybody is getting to join together uh, during this series. And and I, I want to mention that video y'all just watched across all of our campuses. That 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 is a small group experience called pathway and you really need to go to it if you've never been to pathway you need to make sure you check it out it's going to be starting next weekend at all of our campuses and as the host said we want you to find what matters and we know that happens when you connect with jesus and connect with others and pathway will help teach you a lot about jesus while you're sitting in a small group experience with others and and what it does is it fosters community in that group but also out of every pathway we see people jumping into ministries and serving with others in ministry or continuing in small groups so across all of our campuses i definitely want to encourage you sign up for pathway it starts next weekend all right now We're in a new series, and the series is called Win the Day. And and I'm really excited about this series. But to start it, I need to get your help. And and, and what I want you to do is I want you to talk with the people who are around you. And maybe you'll have to introduce yourself to somebody new. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do on all of our campuses. So Aner, uh, South Strand, Jay Rubin, I want you to do this. Here's what I want you to do. If you don't know the person, obviously introduce yourself. But then I want you to answer this question. What is one area that you want to win in in 2024 like what is one thing in your life what is one area in your life where you're like in this area of my life i want to win in 2024 and some of you might go man i haven't even thought about it well just tell them that okay you say i haven't even thought about where i want to win in 2024 i don't i don't have any goals or anything that's okay admit that but many of you have something already in your mind. I want you to share that. You got about 10 seconds across all of our campuses, go. Back on, on on track here. Although you're actually on track because you're talking about what we want to talk about, but but let me say it this way. You, you shared like an area you want to win. How are you doing? right? Like, like some of you are like, dude, I'm only a couple days in. I'm doing great. I am winning, right? Like you, you maybe have like some bad habits that you're trying to get rid of. And you're like, I'm doing good. Like, like my gossip's uh, gone or my, my cussing's gone or my drinking's gone or, or I've been doing good on spending, whatever that is. Or maybe there's some things like that you've been trying to put into your life. Like, man, I've been spending time with the Lord each day, uh, that I've been spending time with my family, that I've been, been doing wise with my finances, whatever that might be. Some of you are like, man, a few days into 2024 and I'm winning. Praise God. Others of you are already wanting to throw in the towel, right? You're like, man, like I I had this big goal and already I just, I feel like I got to throw in the towel. Guys, that's Murphy's law. It's going to happen, right? Like I know for us as a family, every January, like my kids call me budget boy in January because I get really tight on our finances because we wanna set some patterns to begin the year, and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing according to our budget. So every year I do that and this year it's like, man, I'm gonna make that happen. And on January 2nd, my son comes to me and says, dad, something's wrong with my truck. So I take it to my mechanic and he looks at it and he goes, something's wrong with that truck and obviously that costs money right so so maybe some of you are in that boat you're like man i started the year i had some areas i wanted to win and then all of a sudden life happened and you're already wanting to throw in the towel Man, we, we got to make sure we don't do that see I, I think what happens is we throw in the towel on this idea of winning in some areas in our life way too early because we have the wrong mindset, that we have this mindset that, man, I, I wanna lose 30 pounds this year. And then in the first week, you're like, well, I didn't even lose five pounds, so I'm done. Bring on the chocolate cake. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta play the long game. See, I, I, I found out about this if you read the book, Atomic Habits. There, there's a graph in it. And, and the, what the graph illustrates is that if you really want to improve, then you have to make small incremental changes on a daily basis, and if you make small incremental changes, then it's going to lead to exponential victories, okay? Like like this graph, what it is pointing out is actually if you make a 1% improvement, and they've done the statistics, I'm not a mathematician, so I'm just believing them, okay? I hope that's okay, (laughs) but you get it, right? If you make 1% improvement each day, then you'll actually gain by 37% over the long haul over the year. Like you will bring exponential growth. The problem is, is that we look at it like this, that that we have this idea that as soon as I I say, well, I want to stop doing these bad habits. I want to start doing these good habits that, that we think, man, I should be going up and to the right. Like, everything should just go up and to the right, and everything will be great. But that's not how it works. If you actually see the graph, the way it works is it goes slow. But if you keep going in the right direction over time, it will skyrocket, and you'll see exponential growth. And that's what I want to encourage us to do. I want you to win. I want you to win in 2024. Like, we're taking this theme a little bit all the way back to the Oregon Ducks because Chip Kelly, when he was a coach there, created this theme for his football team. He said, win the day. Because here's reality, like we often think in sports, I want to win the season, I want to win the championship. In in finances, I want to win at the in this year, I want to win. But if you want to win in 2024, well, you got to win a month. And to win a month, you got to win a week. And to win the week, you have to win the day. You have to win the day. And, and we've got a secret for you today, that I really believe that we have the secret on how to win the day. Like if you've got some goals for, for this year relationally, or you've got some goals this year financially, or, or you've got some goals this year physically that I really believe there's a secret on how to accomplish them. There's a secret on how to win the day. Now, the secret might surprise you, but here's what I really believe, that the secret is found in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. In Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12, what we see Is Moses giving a farewell speech? The book of Deuteronomy is pretty much the farewell speech of Moses, that that Moses had been leading the Israelites for 40 years and he's now coming towards the end of his life. He knows he knows he's getting ready to pass away and he's gonna kind of pass the baton off to Joshua. But before he does, he gives this like this end of his life address to the Israelites. And in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, this is what he says to them. He says, and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? Like, what does God expect of you? What does God want from you? Which is a great thing for all of us to know. And this is what Moses says. He says, but to fear the Lord your God. To walk in obedience to him, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And I believe right there in that verse is the secret sauce on how to win the day. I think it's the secret sauce on how to stop any of those bad habits or things that you don't want to be uh, have ruling in your life. It's the secret sauce on how to do the good things that you're longing to do, that we need to fear God, that we need to walk in obedience, that we need to love him, and that we need to serve him. I believe if we'll put those four things into our life, you'll win the day. And we're gonna take the next four weeks and hit each one of those. But I wanna start with this idea of fearing God. Honestly, it's not a, a um, statement that we, that we use a lot. It's not a statement that, that many of us understand even. It's a statement that can sometimes be confusing that we go, well, what, what does it mean to fear God? Aren't we supposed to love God? Yes. But, but, but now we're supposed to also fear him? Yes. And, and for some of us, we'd go, well, what does that mean to fear God? Like, what does it mean to fear God? Does it mean to actually, like, shudder in his presence? Probably. Like, we oftentimes when we talk about the fear of God, we're like, it doesn't mean to be afraid of God. But the reality is there should be some flat fear when it comes to God. I know that might sound weird, but, but there should... There should be a level in us that we go, wow, right? Like, I I want you to think about it for a second, that, that every time we see people coming into the presence of God all through the Bible, none of them stood, every one of them fell flat on their face because they recognized the presence of who they were in. Right? So so there is a little bit of this like, man, I, I, sh- I, I got to recognize and, and maybe even shudder a little bit, but I think it goes further than that. See I believe a healthy fear of God, maybe I could say it like this, that we should have a holy, healthy, humble fear of God marked by respect, reverence, obedience, and awe. A healthy, meaning we understand, right? Like. Like, I understand heights, and I have a healthy fear of heights. I don't mind climbing a ladder at all. I'll climb it all day long. But I understand if I fall from the ladder, gravity wins, right? So I have a healthy fear, so I'm going to be safe while I'm up there. I have a healthy fear of things. When it comes to God, I should have a healthy, holy, humble fear that is marked by respect and reverence and obedience and awe. I mean, that's what the fear of God is. But why would we have that towards God? Like, why would I actually fear God? Why would I put myself in this place where I'm going, God, I fear you? Well, I wanna talk about that more here in Conway and online and at JRubin. But I'm going to ask our campus pastors at Aynor and South Strand if they'll step up and explain why we should fear God. And like I said, I, I want to continue on because, like, it's one thing to say we should fear God, but why? And, and this is where I'm going to ask you to maybe put your seatbelt on for a second. Because we're going to dive into some things. And we're going to hit some things that are probably going to hit our hearts. But, but, but I, I want to challenge us today, I want to challenge us tonight with this idea, and here's why. Because I really believe if we'll come to a good understanding of what it means to fear God, then it'll change every aspect of our life. Why, why would I need to fear God? Why would I shudder in his presence? Why would I respect him? Why would I revere him? Why would I obey him? Why would I stand in awe of him? Well, one, because he's great. Well, like, maybe I could just say it this way, because he is a great God. And when I say a great God, what I mean is he is a superior God. He is a supreme God. Now, there's a long section of scripture I want to read. And I usually don't read through long sections, all right? But I just couldn't resist when it comes to this idea of what it means that God is great. What makes him great? Well, he's a, he's a living God. This is what the writer of Hebrews had to say. And I'm just going to read. I'll give a little commentary as I go through it. But in, here it is basically. It says, you have not, and this is the writer of Hebrews talking to people who are coming to worship. It says, you have not come to a physical mountain to a place of flaming fire, to darkness, to gloom, and a whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. See, there was a time when the Israelites went to Mount Sinai and God had given them some very specific rules because his presence was coming down on the mountain. We'll read more about it. This is what it says. It says, for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. If even an angel touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling because I want you to think about this for a second. Moses is a man who was called a friend of God. Moses is a man who saw the glory of God. But when the glory of God's presence came down on Mount Sinai and God started speaking, Moses, his servant, his friend was terrified and trembling. When was the last time that we, that I, that you was terrified and trembling in the presence of God? Like, Will, I I want you to know that that new song we brought out tonight, The Fear of God, I absolutely love it because what it talks about is how we need to bring back the reverence of God, that he is holy. I hope you caught that while we were singing. I was in the back. Clay came to the back. He said, wow, this song, right? Because it's a song that helps us understand what does it mean to tremble before the Lord because he is holy. Let me, let me keep reading. It says this, that, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, And to the countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering you have come to an assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven you have come to God himself who is judge over all things you have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect you have come to Jesus the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and so the sprinkled blood blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. That that the writer of Hebrews is saying, when you come into the presence of God, when you're coming to meet with God, you're meeting with a living God. We're not coming to a dead God. We're not worshiping a dead God. We're not worshiping a far-off God. We're worshiping a living God who all the angels in heaven bow down before him, who all the saints who have passed away bow down before him, that they recognize he is great. He is great. Why should I fear God? Because he is a living, great God, and he's the one true God, the one true God. See, Moses, when he was talking to the Israelites in his kind of farewell speech, he he said this. He said, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That he's saying he's a living God and you should worship him with fear and trembling. But he's also saying he is the one true God. And I think we often lose sight of that. That I think if we're not careful, we lose sight that God is God and that we are not. And we can see all the way through scripture, people who lost sight of that. There was a king named Uzziah who said he followed the Lord. He did what was pleasing to the Lord. But one day when he became powerful, pride came along. And because of pride, He said, well, I can go to the house of God and I can worship any way I want. And because of that, he suffered. That I can't think of King Belshazzar, who's in the book of Daniel, who thought of himself as God. And he said, well, I'm just gonna grab the goblets from the temple and I'm just gonna drink from them because I can do what I want. And God wrote a message on the wall saying, your life is demanded of you. That, That I think about King Nebuchadnezzar, who King Nebuchadnezzar said, well, I'm God. And God showed up and sent him out to live in the wild. And he lived in the wild so long that his hair became like feathers and his fingernails became like claws. And and he finally came to his senses and realized, I'm not God. I think about King Herod who stood and accepted the praise of, of the people as if he was God. And it says that he was eaten by worms in the very spot. Or even Ananias and Sapphira who lied to God. They put themselves up on a pedestal. And I think that if we're real with one another, we often do the very same things, that rather than recognizing God as a living God and the one true God, we bring all kinds of gods into our life. Ourselves, we'll put ourselves up as God at times. We'll put our identity as a God, we'll put our sexuality as a God, we'll put our finances as a God, we'll put our success as a God, we'll put our family as a God, we'll put our money as a God, we'll put our possessions as gods, we'll put all these different things as gods. And here's the reality, here's here's what I want you to catch at this point. The more gods you have in your life, the littler each God gets. is littler a word (laughs) it is tonight (laughs) but you understand what i'm getting at there the more gods you bring into your life the smaller each god gets so if we have all these other kinds of gods, then what we're actually doing is saying the great God who is a living God, who is the one true God, if we bring him down and put him with a bunch of other gods including ourselves, then what we've just done is we've tried to take a great God and we've made him really small. And we've got to stop doing that. Because what we should do instead is look at God and say, God, you are great Because if I recognize how great God is, then, and fear him because of that, meaning respect and revere and obey and stand in awe, well then the bad things that I wanna stop doing in my life, I'll stop doing. Because most of the bad things we do in life are sins. Like some of us have some bad habits that I would say are not sins. I have a very bad habit of picking my fingernails. One of my goals in 2024 is to stop picking my fingernails, okay? That's not a sin, all right? Although my wife might say it is because she says, I've asked you to stop doing that around me and you're not stopping. So maybe it's even a sin, okay? But but most, like 99% of the bad things we do are in direct disobedience to God's word. But if we feared God, we would stop doing them. So how do I win in 2024? Well, I fear God because I'll stop doing the things I that, that I don't want to do, and I'll start doing the things that I do want to do because I'll recognize, man, he's a great God. And if I honor him with my finances, great things are going to happen. If I honor him with my time, great things are going to happen. Why should I fear God? Because he's a great God. Why should I fear God? Because he's a good God. He's a good God. One of my favorite verses is in Exodus chapter 34. And in Exodus chapter 34, Moses is having this moment where he wants to see God face to face. He wants to see the glory of God. And God says, Moses, you can't see me face to face. You would die but i'll tell you what i'll do i'll let my goodness pass in front of you and when my goodness passes in front of you well then then you'll you you'll get to see me and you'll get to see my shadow basically and you'll get to know who i am and and so Moses like i'm in and god takes him and hides him in a mountain and then god starts to come by and as god's coming by he proclaims who he is like, like, like he proclaims about himself. Like, like, there's no other way for me to think about this other than like God announces who He is Himself. And think about how different that is, right? Like, like, like anybody watch UFC? Okay, a couple of you watch UFC. Nobody. Okay, then you won't get this illustration. All right, his, his name is Bruce Button, right? And. And, and what Bruce Buffer, Buffer, my fault, Bruce Buffer, and what Bruce Buffer does is he's the guy in the corner going, and now out of the blue corner, nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> a couple of you. God doesn't need a Bruce Buffer. God on his own passes by Moses and proclaims about himself. And I want you to listen to what God says about himself. Nobody else saying this for him. This is God proclaiming who he is. And this is what God says. He says, the Lord came down in a cloud. He stood with him there and proclaimed his name, the Lord. He said, I am the Lord, meaning I am the one true God. And the Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin that I want you to see that God describes himself as a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love, that he is a faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to thousand generations, forgiving sin and wickedness and rebellion. Six different ways God says, I am good. Now, now the next part of the verse does say, and I must punish sin to the third and fourth generation, right? But six times, God says, you want to know who I am? I'm good. I'm a good and gracious God, and I'm good because I want you to understand the sin in your life, therefore I will punish it. He is a good God. So I should fear him because he is great. And I should fear him because he is good. And I should fear him because it is good. Like when you fear God, it brings good things into your life. Well, like, again, I I go back to this idea. If I want to stop doing these bad habits in 2024, well, fear God, because I won't do those. I'll say, no, that goes against the God that I'm living in fear of, that I'm reverently following, that I'm respecting, that I'm obeying, that I'm standing in awe of. So I'm going to stop doing those, and I'm going to start doing these things. And that fear will bring good things into your life. Look at some of these scriptures That, that what we see is I'm, I'm sorry, they're not up on the, on the screen I'll just have to share them with you that, that in Proverbs 1 it says When you fear God That it gives you wisdom That In, in Proverbs 27 It says This is pretty much a direct quote the fear of the Lord brings wealth, honor, and life. I mean, this is God's Word. And God says, if you'll just fear me, it's going to help you be wealthy. And, and by that, I mean, it really meant riches, like finances. And again, that might sound crazy to you. But bottom line, if I, if I fear God when I'm looking at my checkbook, when I fear God, when I'm trying to honor him with my finances, it's going to make my finances better every time. When I fear God, it's going to give me honor. Well, that makes sense. Think about it. Think about people in your life who you have mad respect for. Think about people in your life who have integrity and character. You go, man, that, that's, that's a person of honor right there. So when you live with honor and integrity and character you'll get honor and it says "and life and again it it makes sense because if i'm saying god i want to respect you i want to revere you i want to obey you then there's a lot of things that i'm not going to bring into my life so fear god i remember when i was preparing for this message I read a quote out of a book called The Awe of God, it's by a guy named John Brevere. And this is what he said, I just want to read it to you. He said, the fear of the Lord is the starting place for an intimate relationship with God. We become his friends and his secrets are made known to us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. It gives foresight and clear divine direction the fear of the lord is how we mature in our salvation and are conformed to the image of jesus the fear of the lord is clean it produces true holiness in our lives to abide in the fear of the lord is the secure and eternal legacy the fear of the lord produces confidence fearlessness and security It swallows up all other fears, including the fear of man. The fear of the Lord gives us identity, it makes us productive, and empowers us to multiply. The fear of the Lord provides angelic assistance, fulfilled desires, enduring success, nobility, influence, longevity, productive days, enjoyment in life, happiness, pleasure in labor, healing for our body, and so much more. The fear of the Lord endures forever, it never fades. The fear of the Lord is a treasured gift from our heavenly Father. So what would it look like today if you said, I'm going to start fearing the Lord? And you might say, well, how do I do that? Like, how do I fear God? Well, we're going to look at that again the next three weeks. Because if you go back to that verse, it said, fear the Lord, obey Him. How do I fear God? I obey Him. We'll talk about that next week. How do I fear God? I love Him. We'll talk about that in two weeks. How do I fear God? I serve Him with my heart and with my soul. We'll talk about that in three weeks. But I hope you don't sit there and go, well, okay, well, I'll just wait till next week till I start fearing God. Because I don't know how yet. Right? No. We start today because the first step in fearing God is just to humble yourself. It's just to bow down on a knee and say, God, I'm not God. And God, there's areas of my life that are not godly. God, I want to give them to you. God, I'm going to bow down. I'm going to humble myself before you. See, go back to those stories I said from Scripture earlier. Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't humble himself till later. Belshazzar never humbled himself. Herod never humbled himself. Uzziah forgot to humble himself. We can learn from their mistakes. And we can fear God in this very moment by bowing a knee and saying, I'm all in. Why? Because He's a great living God who says, come into my presence. Because He's a great, good God who says, I've come to die and to save you. And for some of you, you've never surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, now is the time, tonight is the night for you to bow a knee and say, Jesus, I'm yours. And maybe, And Maybe tonight as we worship, maybe you're just going to bow right where you're at. I'm going to ask the band to come out and to lead us in a time of response. And maybe for you, you're just going to want to bow. just do that there maybe you're going to want to come up and grab some communion and go to our prayer corner there and just take a knee before the lord maybe you need to pray with somebody about salvation maybe you need to take a step of baptism as a couple individuals are doing tonight because in baptism what you're doing is you're you're saying it to god and to the world i'm humbling myself before you i'm dying to myself i'm being raised to a new life in you Normally, I tell you to stand, not tonight. Tonight, I'm gonna tell you, let's bow before him. And you do that however you feel led. Pray with me, Jesus. You are a great God, and you are a good God. and You are the one true God, so we come to you.